This morning, our New Testament lesson will come from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. Acts 2, 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven, there came with a sound like a mighty rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested upon each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthenians and Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Hegira and Pamphylia, Egypt, the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own language, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. And we're amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, sta standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine in the morning. No, this was spoken to the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and on your sons and daughters, shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portions in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, for the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. My family, we were not farmers per se, but like everybody growing up in the country, we, we grew our own vegetables and things such as that. Uh, I jokingly say it was before I went to college that I realized folks would buy vegetables from the store because, you know, growing up we had Tupperware containers and old margarine containers and butter containers in the deep freeze full of peas and corn and butter beans and okra and all kind of stuff. We, we had, we just raised all of our own vegetables, did all of it. That's what we did. Um, we, all, we all lived around the old family land. And what we do is each, each family would grow one of the crops. So the, the beans and the butter beans and the purple hole peas were all all raised around Granny's house. My Uncle Merlin had the watermelons and the potatoes, uh, things such as that. And we primarily at our house grew the corn, the sweet corn, and tomatoes and things such as that. Um, but corn was what we did the most of. At least corn is, I don't know if corn's what we did the most of, but corn's what sticks in my head. Corn's what I remember because it was such a big ordeal. We'd, I remember we'd plant it at the same time, I, just, I joke, used to jokingly say the, 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 the daddies would plant, the children would go gather, 
and the mamas would cream. That's kind of what we did. The uncles, my daddy, my uncles would go out there with the tractor and plant it all. Then me and my cousins, we'd get all dressed up in our, you know, if you ever try to go, go pick corn, you want to wear some long sleeves and some, and some, and some blue jeans because you're going to get, you're going to itch like crazy if you don't. So we, uh, we, we'd go get the corn, and then our mamas would, um, would, would cream it. And I remember as a kid, as a little boy, that was the day we picked the corn and shucked the corn was my favorite days of the summer. Because I just remember as a little boy, it was the coolest thing of my granny. And my grannies, we'd always, we had this, old, this pot. And it, as a little boy, it, it looked 10 feet tall. Like as a little boy, this pot was as a cauldron, like you see in the movies or on cartoons or in Shakespeare. It was this huge black cauldron is what I remember. Now, it probably wasn't. It probably was this big. But in my mind, it was huge. And I remember we would have to, we'd fill it with water, and we'd boil the water, and we'd pour that water over the corn to kind of get the silk loose. And then our mamas would, would get up, pick off the silk, and then they'd cream it. And they used to cream it with a butter knife, what they did for the longest time, until we got fancy and got these little things you could cream it with. But for the longest time, it was butter knives. But I remember, I always thought it was so cool the day we'd, we'd do that because we'd build this huge fire and we'd have this cauldron over the fire and we'd have the flames leaping up. And you know, every, every little boy likes fire. And I used to always think that was the coolest thing that my family would build this huge fire. Like I said, it probably wasn't even that big. But as a little boy, I thought that was the coolest day of the summer when we'd build this huge fire and boil the water. And it was just such a neat thing as a little fella to, to watch that. My family's kind of always had a, had a thing with fire, not in a good way, I guess. We're not, I don't think we're power maniacs, but, uh, you know, we've never caught too many things on fire. Well, my granny, Blanche Bigner, she'd always, uh, she'd always want to burn stuff off. And every year, every year I'd get off the school bus at some point, usually September, October, and granny was burning us in the backyard and that fire would always jump the fence and wind out in the pasture. And I'd get off the school bus and I'd see my entire family out there with pine branches beating out the fire that jumped the fence. It was now in the pasture. And it, one, one day it really got out of hand. We had to call the fire department. department. They built a fire ditch in the, in the back of the pasture. So we, fire's always kind of been a big thing in our family. So uh, I don't know if it's good or bad. It's just kind of been something that's been in our house. I always think about, that, think about that on Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost is, Pentecost was originally a Jewish holiday. I don't, I, you may or may not know that, but it was originally a Jewish holiday that actually was uh, one of the major holidays of the Jewish tradition. That's why in the text, there were so many folks there in Jerusalem. It was one of the holidays where you would come to, come to Jerusalem to worship. It was a big deal. So all these Jew, Jews from all over, all over the world, do you see all the places it says they came from? They would come to Jerusalem to worship, to sacrifice, to be together, proselytes, those that were converting, they would come as well. It was a big deal for the Jewish people. It was on that day when all these folks were together, the Spirit fell. The Holy Spirit came and descended upon the apostles. And the Spirit, it, there's, there's, the Spirit is such a powerful thing. And there's an old thing that, you know, we don't talk about the Spirit a lot in the church, you know? Well, we do. Anytime you've ever heard me say the word grace, which hopefully you've heard me say a lot in my time with you. When you hear the word grace, 
Think Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is how we receive grace. It's the Holy Spirit that calls us to our Father through provenient grace. It's the Holy Spirit that's calling to us even before our birth, calling us into relationship with God. The Spirit calls over and over. It's the Holy Spirit that leads us into conversion. The grace of justification where we confess Jesus Christ as Lord and our lives are changed. That's the Holy Spirit that does that. And then the grace of sanctification. The grace that calls us to be faithful, to grow close to God, to grow closer to our neighbor, to be obedient, to follow. That is the Holy Spirit. So anytime in the church you've ever heard the preacher talk about grace in any way, you've heard the preacher talk about the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is how we receive grace. Without the Holy Spirit, none of this happens. The Holy Spirit today falls and it gives birth to the church. And the Holy Spirit continues to give birth to the church because Scripture says no one can confess Christ as Lord apart from the work of the Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we aren't even here. The Holy Spirit is what binds us together and calls us together and calls all the world to confess Christ as Lord. Every time in your life you felt that call, of, that call from somewhere to do something for somebody, that's the Spirit. Every time you felt that guilt about an action you'd taken, that's the Spirit convicting you. Every time you felt the hairs raised, hair raised on the back of your neck, that's the Spirit. The Spirit is reaching out to us constantly, always, always. I love the image today, though, of how the Spirit felt like tongues of fire. That's why on Pentecost we see all this red all over the church. Symbolize that fire. That's, you see a lot of denominations that have fire in their logos or symbols to signify the Spirit that fell. Fire is a thing we see often throughout Scripture. Fire purifies, it refines. I love how later in Scripture it says that our God is a consuming fire. That fire consumes us. That's what we can choose to do with fire. We can feed it. We can put it out. Remember I was talking about my family earlier? My granny would let the fire jump out in the pasture. I said they were out there with uh, pine branches beating the fire out. You know what they weren't doing? They weren't out there putting gas on it, were they? They were trying to put that fire out. They weren't trying to fan it and inflame it. So when it comes to the Holy Spirit, as believers, we kind of have to ask ourselves, what are we choosing to do? Are we fanning the flames of the Spirit in our life? Are we taking that pine branch and beating the fire out? That's kind of the choice we have to make with our faith. Is what do we choose to do?
Do we choose to feed it and flan it, fan it? Or do we choose to extinguish it? Well, how do we fan it? How do we fan this fire of the Holy Spirit in our hearts? There are several things. John Wesley had this beautiful thing that he called the means of grace. These means of grace were things that we could do and that through doing these things, the Holy Spirit would come and would give us grace. These were means of grace. These were things that we could do that would invite the Spirit to be at work in our life and it would fan the flames of God's love. It would fan the flames of God's holiness. It would fan the flames of God's presence and these things would inflame our hearts. They were taking communion, reading a scripture, praying, Fasting and conferencing are holy conversations. When we do these things, we open ourselves up to God's Spirit. When you read the Bible, when you take time to read Scripture and not just flip through it, not just open it up and see what's there, but actually take time to read it. And by read it, I don't even mean focus so much on the words on the paper, but focus on the God who wants to speak to you through those words. I'd rather you read one verse of Scripture well than a thousand badly. To read Scripture well is to read Scripture listening for God, reading Scripture attentively, reading Scripture with your heart pricked towards God. When we read Scripture, when we open up ourselves to God's Word, God will speak to us. God will change us. God will challenge us. God will grow us. God will fan the flames of the Spirit in our life when we read Scripture. When we pray, one of the things I hope that these, this season of isolating has done is it has given us space and time to pray. We can't know God apart from prayer. Because prayer is the beauty of that relationship that we have with God. Prayer, like Scripture, isn't even about the words as much as it is the awareness, the presence. When we read Scripture, we read the words. We allow the Spirit to speak through us through what we read in the paper. When we pray, we, pr we speak the words. We allow the Spirit to speak to us. I was teaching a Bible study a few weeks back about how sometimes... We get, um, I know I always used to feel bad when I, when I would pray at night and I would uh, drift off to sleep and I'd feel real guilty. Like, golly, shouldn't I have been paying attention? You know, shouldn't I have been focused on what I was doing? And I thought about how much as a parent, some of my favorite moments with my children when they were little bitty and I'd rock them to sleep. They'd crawl up in my lap I'd scratch their backs, and they would drift all peacefully to sleep in my arms. What a beautiful feeling that is as a father. Well, how much more, isn't that what it is like when we're praying to God and we're just safe and secure in his presence? We're a child falling to sleep in the loving arms of our father. That's what prayer is. That fans the flames we take communion, when we open ourselves up to God's grace through that, it fans the flames. Whenever, whenever we fast, when we abstain from things, when we discipline ourselves, we make room in our life. Fasting is about 
making room for additional things. Sometimes we're so busy that we don't have room for God. When we fast, we, we, we slow down and we take away to make room for God's presence. And then holy conferencing or holy conversations, we need each other. This time has been different. A lot of our conversations have been digital through Zoom and other technology. But I know it's been fun for me to see people when I'm out and about occasionally. There's nothing like seeing a friend in the parking lot like, oh, hey, how you doing? So good to see people. We need each other. Even now, we need each other now probably more than ever. So as I told you a few weeks back, check on each other. Find people to check on. Find people to connect to. Find people to love on. Because we need each other now. So doing these things, they're these means of grace. That fans the flames. So we can choose. We can choose to fan the flames in our life through doing these things. Or we can choose to put the fire out by not doing these things. One of the best quotes I ever heard in my entire life was at a, at, a, at a revival one time. The preacher said, how can you expect to know God's unknown will for your life unless you know his known will for your life? If we're not reading scripture, we're not gonna hear God's voice. We're not. We're simply not. If we're not reading scripture, we're not going to hear God's voice. If we're not praying, we're not going to hear God's voice. If we're not taking communion, or serving, or fasting, or conferencing, or being connected, we're not going to hear God's voice. These things fan the flames of God's spirit in our life. So, so often in our life, each day the choice is this. Will we fan the flames of the Spirit in our life? Or will we extinguish the Spirit in our life? The choice we make in our life each day. Each day. Y'all know I love my wife. I got to because she puts up with me, and we know that's hard work. But I'll confess with you. Tim, I think she's trying to kill me. I do. Holly, I love you. But I know what you're doing. She's trying to freeze me to death, Tim. It's so cold in our house. It's so weird. I used to be the one who liked a cold house, and she didn't. And now I'm always cold. I got thin blood, I guess. I don't know my problem. Maybe I need to eat more meat or something, but I got thin blood. And so, like, if you come to our house at night, like, you're likely to find me in an electric blanket some nights, just tucked up like a little babushka in Russia. I mean, just tucked up in my little blanket, freezing to death. I, I'll have on a sweatshirt sometimes. You know, it's ridiculous. I'm always cold. So what do I do when I'm cold? I go to the fire. I, I, might, start the fire. I might start the gas logs up next time. That's what I might do. That's what I can do. I'll start our gas logs up. Go stand by the fire and warm myself. It's kind of like when I was a boy at Bogachita. We didn't have a lot of central heating in all of our schools, so we'd go stand by those little, y'all remember those little, those little, uh, little gas furnaces in the schools that would burn your pants because they, they'd melt your pants. Sometimes they'd be so hot. Those things were the best. I loved them. So what do, you, what do you do when you're cold? What do I do when I'm cold in my house? I put on my electric blanket. I put on my, my, my sweatshirt. I get warm. 
What did I do when I was a kid? I'd go stand by the fire there at school. Or the furnace at school. When I was a little boy, I'd go stand by the fire outside. It kept me warm. I'd go stand by the fire. I wrap up in the blanket now. I fan the flames. If your faith feels cold now, friends, your faith feels dead. If you're not feeling the warmth of the Spirit in your life, have you been fanning the flames of the Spirit? Or have you been out there with a pine branch putting them out? The Spirit fell at Pentecost. The Spirit falls each day in our life now. But we got to fan that fire, y'all. We got to fan that fire. We got to go stand next to it. You take the coal out from the fire, put it off to the side, the fire's extinguished. We got to fan that fire. Today, the Lord wants to warm you up with His Spirit. The Lord wants the same Holy Spirit that fell on Pentecost to fall afresh in our life. The Lord wants to inflame our hearts and consume us with his consuming grace and consuming fire. He wants to give that to us so desperately. But the choice is ours. Do we fan the flames? Or do we put them out? Today, this Pentecost Sunday, that's our choice. What will we do? Will we fan the flames or will we extinguish the flames? Today, friends, the choice is ours. Let's pray.